Hi everybody, my name is Jordan Ostroff with Legally Marketing and this is Exhibit A Turning where we teach you how to be an Exhibit A of the successful attorney and we'll highlight the stories of a number of other successful attorneys. Joining me today is Greg Eisenberg, also of Legally Marketing. We're going to utilize this first show of 2021 to talk about executing your marketing plan for 2021. Greg, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me today, Jordan. Excited to be chatting with you again today. <laughs> so for those people who don't know you, can you give them a little bit of your background? Sure, definitely. So my background is uh, mostly in the marketing space. So uh, originally from South Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia, came down here to Orlando to attend UCF. And afterwards, I got to the marketing uh, industry working for a bunch of agencies. Uh, recently working with some big accounts uh, such as University of Toledo, University of Central Florida, Darden, Cinnabon, and, and countless others. And I really connected with Jordan when um, I really started wanting to hone in on a lot more service-based industries, a lot more local businesses. And we were able to really turn uh, Jordan's law firm marketing around and, and really start digging in, you know, on, on what data matters, you know, what, what tactics are going to produce the best return, which really led us to wanting to help more law firms uh, be better at not just their marketing efforts, but you know how they're finding out if their marketing efforts are working and uh, everything is a gambit. So uh, again, excited to be here and start diving in and helping people, uh, again, start executing their marketing plan, not just planning it, not just keep kicking that can down the road, but really getting started this year with a good plan. So I guess let me start here. When we talk about marketing plan I mean, what are we really talking about sure uh, when you're planning marketing efforts throughout the year it gets so easy to to almost have these puzzle pieces be so separate you know Facebook ads come up and you're running those and then somebody gives you a good idea for another campaign or for Google ads and you start running these different placements you start having your efforts in so many different areas and next thing you know none of your efforts are streamlined and when you're talking about your marketing efforts, when you're talking about your overall plan, if these aren't working together, they're not gonna work at all. And so uh, really the biggest thing here when it comes to planning your marketing efforts is how do you know each one of those tactics, um, anything that you create, any of your creative assets, whether those are designs or articles that you write, how do each of these pieces of the puzzle connect together? Um, so that's really what that plan is there to help you do, to, to kind of walk through that planning process, to walk through that execution process. And it's similar to a business plan where, you know, you might have all of these ideas in your head, you might have all of these thoughts in your head of how your business should run, but until you really work through the notes and really write things down and put it on paper, sometimes you don't know what questions you need to be asking yourself. So, I mean, are we talking about just a, a Word doc or a Google doc or something along those lines? Is that sufficient? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you can start with a Google Doc or a Word Doc and really just work through each facet of your, your business. You know, start with a little summary section, talk about where you were last year, where you want to be, just so there's a little bit of context there. And then, you know, you just touch on each facet of your business, whether that's your website, whether that's your CRM, and how that connects to your organic efforts, like search engine optimization and social media, and how that connects to your paid efforts, like uh, search advertising or retargeting advertising. And really all of these different parts of your marketing plan should uh, streamline together in one document where you can kind of read through it and see exactly how 
each of these pieces are going to connect, where each of these pieces are going to fall. And then as you're going through the year, you can always feel free to update this. It's a living document. It's not Bible. Um, and you're able to go ahead and, and really adjust as you market it. And when you look back at the end of the year, you're going to have an idea of what you wanted to do, what you intended to do, then what you actually did, and be able to put that against any reporting or results that you have to really make that next plan for 2022 and get in a good routine of, of really planning and executing your marketing efforts. So is there a certain level of specificity or a certain amount of things that you have to have in your plan? Or is it more is better? Or is it the plan you're going to use or follow? I mean, how does that work? So as far as like what you're actually planning, um, what you're actually going to follow, you don't want to do anything unrealistic. You don't want to hate yourself for not executing on every single thing that you wanted to just because you decided to list every single tactic you possibly could. Um, you want to get as detailed as possible though, um, especially on these tactics, because it's going to answer questions for you. The first thing is, you know, how much are you spending on each of these tactics, whether it's designing assets and the manpower to do that, or whether it's like actual ad spend for a paid tactic, um, you want to make sure you have that budget allocated until you write that down. You really can't, you know, have a good understanding of what you need. And then the next is really roles and responsibilities who do what it's great to have all these things on paper, even if it's three things, who's going to do it, you know, how are you going to actually execute it working through, you know, who those individuals are that are going to take on that role and what those responsibilities are and what the budget is again, to make sure that it does get executed properly. So when you're, so let me give you an example. Let me know if I'm wrong here. So let's say it's something where, you know, they, uh, an attorney wants to commit to doing one marketing lunch per month. So they're going to reach out to people. Um, maybe they'll have their staff coordinate the actual timing of it, the location, and then they're going to go. I mean, th so that's what we're talking about for the marketing plan is just having all that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how you're going to get more people to reach out to, who is going to reach out to them. If those meetings need to be rescheduled, what is the process in place for that? Um, you know, obviously you are going to be the individual going and doing the actual lunch, but even include that, you know what I mean? That way everyone that looks at this document on your team can have a good understanding of who's doing what and, and calling those plays. All right. So then I want to move into, today we're talking about executing the marketing plan. So kind of walk me through that. I mean, obviously having the plan written down is going to be the first step, but then following through, I mean, it's going to be good written down if you can do it. Correct. Definitely. The next step is really meeting with your team to go ahead and execute. Uh, if you've listened to everything we just said, then you have a document at this point that says who is going to be taking what roles and responsibilities. That even includes outsourced individuals. If you are working with an agency, if you're working with a freelancer, make sure you list that and what roles you're going to count on that for. Make sure everybody that is part of the process is familiar on what the process is. Nobody has any questions. And the more eyes that you get that in front of, whether that is, you know, your significant other or even your mother or people on your team, people that you trust, the more eyes that you get that in front of, the better, because they're going to be able to ask you questions that you may not have included in the details. Obviously, you don't want this being public. You don't want the sharing with competitors and yada, yada. But if you have any trusted individuals that can help, you know, ask questions that, you know, you're not sure what they don't know until they tell you they don't know it. Um, it's going to help fill in some of those gaps. So when you're talking about having part of that outsourced to vendors or virtual assistants or other companies, 
important is it to have them in that meeting with your internal team to make sure that everybody's on the same page, or is it something where you as the business owner can sort of run that, I don't want to say interference, but the meeting with the team, meeting with outside services? Definitely varies. Um, it matters who's communicating with who. If you have a designer and you have a marketing coordinator and they're going to be you know, talking a decent bit and going over the creative process, then you are really going to want to make sure that they are interacting and talking um, in this meeting. It makes sense to bring them into this meeting, even if it's a separate meeting. So there's not, you know, your freelancer is not being bogged down with, you know, internal details. But if it's a separate meeting and you have those two connect, that's going to be really crucial. Uh, if you have a project manager, that's really crucial. However, if you're a solo firm, maybe you have one executive assistant and that executive assistant is doing so many other things and, and you want to have a hands-on approach on your, you know, your social media or your newsletter, um, then definitely a separate meeting is completely fine. It just really matters who during your process is going to be communicating. I wouldn't hesitate to bring a freelancer into this. It may cost an extra hour of their time. Um, it may be worth paying for because it's going to save them a whole of a lot more time later having to ask you about context. All right, so we've got a plan written down. We've had our meeting with the team and hopefully any vendors. What do we do then? At that point, it's putting processes in place and executing and, and actually following through with that. Setting goals, uh, making sure that if you are working with any vendors, that there is a process in place for you to receive reporting, communicate that reporting to the team. Um, if you do not work with a vendor who's providing reporting, make sure you do have a reporting process in place and, and set those checkpoints. Every month, you know, you're going to plan out the month ahead for all of your content. You're gonna go ahead and make sure that you're reviewing any analytics from the month before, any of that data, and making sure that your team is up to date. So when you say execute that plan, I mean, is that, are we literally just talking about following through on what you wrote down that you were gonna do? Following through on what you went on, what you wrote down and, and going through all that, but in addition to that, making adjustments as you go, keeping open to that, um, and making sure that your plan stays updated and your team stays updated. Um, things are going to change. There's new tactics that come out all the time. There's new ideas that are hopefully going to happen as you're going through your process and you're going to need to make adjustments. And so again, keeping your team completely up to date, as you said, keeping vendors and, and your team in, in that collaborative state is going to be super important. Um, but the biggest thing is again, you know, when you plan accordingly, and you plan for what budget you're actually going to be able to utilize and you plan realistically executing uh you know right off the bat shouldn't be that much of a struggle because the biggest thing is you've already planned ahead you have this budget allocated you're not planning for unrealistic you know resources that you don't have um however not everything needs to start at once so if you are starting you know a paid effort you can kick that off right now and that should help jumpstart some of your organic efforts. Uh, your organic efforts and your paid efforts will help kickstart your retargeting efforts in a few months. So making sure that you know you plan out for the year, you leave room to be proactive, but as you plan for the year, you make sure that you're taking a lot into consideration and it's not just a blanketed plan. It's not just we're $3,000 on Facebook ads every month for you know the rest of the time. It's focusing on what your objective is and making sure that a few months out before a campaign starts, you're collecting the assets or producing the assets to execute that campaign and making sure that again, everyone stays on the same game plan. Your whole team is understanding of what's needed. Everyone's on the same mission. 
um, even if you have to ask your team several times, you know, hey, do you know, um, you know, what the goal is that we're trying to accomplish, or what are we trying to execute here, or what part of the marketing plan is coming next? You know, you just want to keep everyone on their toes, following up with, you know, what you're doing, and and keeping the whole plan concise with your team. So when you're talking about assets, what does that mean? Assets can be anything from a video to an article to a graphic. An asset is anything that you're going to use in a newsletter, your social media, uh, add to your website, things that you're going to promote. When you look at social media, when you look at advertising, even when you look at a website, um, this is really a means of, of getting assets in front of individuals. So getting information, getting designs, uh, getting videos, getting articles in front of individuals website communicates that to your target market your ads communicate it to your target market your organic efforts communicate it to your target market so when i say preparing assets you really want to plan ahead and um you know create any videos that you're going to need to have write any articles that you're going to need to have plan for any designs that you're going to need to have for your website blog for your newsletter for your social media pages uh, the more proactive you can plan that, the less of a burden it's going to be on your team scrambling the day before to put together a graphic to promote, you know, something your your firm is doing. So utilizing this video as an example, so we've got our logo up here, yep. we've got our logo off to the side, Then we, so those would be two assets. Then we've got the entire format that we have of this with the different images coming in, and then we also have the video itself. All of those would be individual assets, right? Yeah, but it's almost structured where those those small assets around here, around the actual video, um, those were needed to produce the video. And then the video is obviously used for or, our organic content. We're going to write blogs based on these videos, so it's going to help our, our, our uh, website. We're going to blast these in newsletters. We're going to cut these up and, and help promote these more. So as you can see, it's almost like uh, the dolls where you have a doll and another doll and another doll. Uh, you have assets to help produce assets that are going to be used for, you know, hopefully marketing assets for your company. There we go. How repurposing assets is like Russian nesting dolls. Exactly. There you go. From that. So I want to back up for a second. Um, so obviously, to the extent that you are hiring an outside vendor to execute this, to run ads, to oversee them, I don't think the accountability of getting those done is a problem because if they don't do them, you should fire them and find a different company. But for anything being done internally, so if you're going to have, you know, if the paralegal help you finish the newsletter, if you're going to commit to the lunches, if you're going to hire, you know, a, a marketing intern to go do some of those things, what are some tips or tricks or advice you have in how to hold the internal team accountable? Sure. Well, the first thing I want to do is back up about even the external team. There's going to be so many check-ins that you're going to want to make sure you have in place and make sure those are documented in your plan. And the biggest thing is you want to carve out time to review the work that's being done. They're going to send you reports. They're going to send you copies that you need to review or designs that you need to review. I am not going to put any of our clients on blast. If you're watching this, you know who you are, but some of them owe us some copy review. And some of the times the hardest thing to do when you're so busy is, is carving out that time. So making sure that that's in the plan, if it's not yourself that's going to review it, that you have somebody trusted that's going to review it, or that you have time blocked out in your schedule to go ahead and take care of that. Because, you know, if you want to get a campaign up and running by, let's just say, a certain week, you're going to have to plan a little bit backwards to even make sure if you're working with a vendor that 
you're hitting the right milestones to launch on time. And again, doing the same thing when it comes to review and reports, you don't want to get two months ahead before you realize that there's something fishy in the reporting and you don't know. Um, so it's one of those things that you want to carve out that time. Now, as far as your internal team, keeping them on track, it's really about just setting these baselines in meetings, you know, making sure that you have accountability charts, making sure that, you know, each project is broken down. It's not just, okay, who's posting the social media? It's, you know, who's designing the graphics for social media, who's collecting the graphics for social media, who's writing the captions for social media, and who's scheduling social media, and who's been monitoring replies, and how many replies did we have, and how many comments did we have. And again, it's just making sure that everybody's in the know. Even if your designer is not the one that's responding to comments, they're gonna wanna know how many comments their design evoked and how many times or how many things they should change to possibly get more engagement in uh, pre future posts. So this information is universally uh, useful and valuable to your team. So again, making sure that you're setting these meetings, making sure that you're setting specific milestones that you wanna make sure that you're tracking against or following and making sure that your team is reporting back and forth to each other, um, again, in an in a internally public setting, making sure everybody's on the same page. You mentioned an accountability chart, did I get that right? Yes. What's an accountability chart? Accountability chart can be anything that you want it to be, but what ours is specifically is uh, high level categories of thing that we're gonna wanna make sure we're paying attention to. So whether that's you know client projects, ongoing client work, um, our social media, our website, our advertising. And then underneath each of those larger categories, we have specific tasks and we're able to assign each of those tasks as well as add details for each of them. So there you can use an Excel spreadsheet for an accountability chart, or you can use a program like Asana or Trello for an accountability chart. Really, it, it matters how far you wanna go down the rabbit hole and how useful it is to you. Because a lot of the software accountability charts are also gonna be like project management tools. So you're gonna get a lot more than with an Excel spreadsheet. However, you're gonna have to pay attention to a lot more. Gotcha. So do you have a recommendation for how frequently that team checks in with each other on that chart? I mean, is that a weekly thing? Is that a, every other week? Is that a monthly? Does it depend upon each individual project? It's going to depend on the project. Um, you know, if you are, you know, doing a major project, it's going to be a little bit less check-ins and more of, you know, day-to-day -day communication. If you're doing something like, you know, your weekly social media, you know, calendars um, or monthly social media calendars, but keeping up on your social media on a weekly basis, then you're going to want to make sure you have that touch point. Um, so I would say weekly, but um, based off the day-to-day -day communication that your team should be having, whether it's you and vendors or your team and vendors or your team and your team, um, it should be a, a quicker meeting, more high level, and then you know save a lot more of the in the weeds for people to do on a one basis. All right, and so then to transition away from the accountability chart, I wanna go back to talking about tracking the plan. Um, and I think this kind of ties into what we're talking about. You know, When it comes to that marketing plan that you're executing, how frequently should you be tracking the ads, the benefit of the lunches, number of referrals you've gotten, whatever it is along those lines. Is there a best practice there? Uh, constantly. You, they, you just want to make sure you're always in the know and what's going on. And, and with a lot of reporting tools nowadays, it's super easy to do that. 
The hardest part is going to be incorporating everything into one dashboard. Um, there are softwares that will help you with that, um, such as like an agency analytics is one or Raven tools is another. However, that's to plug in a lot of the digital aspects of it. Stuff like your referral tracking that you may be doing in your CRM like Lawmatics, um, that's gonna be a little bit more intricate. You're gonna have to work with some integrations to make sure that you're communicating that back and forth. But you should also be able to get some of that information in Lawmatics and manually you know, port that over if needed, um, just writing that in. However, when it comes to like your ads and your organic strategy, you wanna make sure you're constantly up on that because you can be. Um, you know, with digital services now, it's, it's a lot easier to get close to real time information, whereas referral tracking or traditional advertising, such as a billboard or TV, is going to be a little bit harder to get some of those results until later. So when it comes to digital tracking, make sure you're really focusing on your UTM structure. I know we talk about this a lot in, in previous uh, discussions, but a UTM structure is a way for you to track uh, the landing pages and uh, on your website and where um, this traffic is coming from. And you can see all of this in Google Analytics. So if your UTM codes are very structured and you can know that your traffic's all coming from Facebook or LinkedIn or Google and specifically Facebook ad one or LinkedIn ad two, um, you're gonna be able to have a very easy way of navigating through Google Analytics and pulling a lot of this data out. And that's going to be easy for if you want to use a custom dashboard tool like Google Data Studios, you're going to be able to have this pull in a lot more organized than if your UTM codes and tracking is off for your paid advertising and even your organic advertising, such as like social posts and stuff like that. Uh, UTM is unique tracking metric? Uh, UTM stands for... Sorry, I'm Googling this as we go. Urchin oh, okay. tracking module. Is what? Urchin tracking module. So, tracking module. Yeah, so, so nothing easy, but if you Google UTM builder, Google has a good UTM tool that is completely free. And it's gonna ask you the source of the traffic, the medium of the traffic, a keyword for the traffic, a campaign for the traffic. And you're able to kind of fill this out. So it'd be like Facebook as the source, organic as like the medium or paid. Um, you know, the campaign may be, you know, um, newsletter campaign, if you want to do a paid campaign to drive people to your newsletter. And, you know, the keyword may be add to, because you have a few different ad variations. That's going to give you a URL that is the same URL you were going to use. However, it's going to have a little code on the end that nobody's going to be able to notice, nor will it affect the experience of the website. You copy and paste that into the Facebook ad or the Google ad or whatever ad it is, and when people click that link from the ad, it's gonna go ahead and track where that traffic came from in Google Analytics. And you're gonna be able to break down what source, what medium, what ad, what campaign, all of this traffic came from. And again, you can do that for, for, for organic sources too. So if you're posting on social media and you're using a blog link, you can do something like organic traffic from Facebook or if, for your newsletter. And this way, all of your traffic sources are tracked and you can pull a really easy Google Analytics report in Google Data Studios that's gonna show you where all of this traffic has came from. So it makes it really easy to go ahead and track your, your marketing plan as you're executing because you're gonna be able to see you know, any source that you have traffic coming from, how that is responding. Again, gets a little bit tricky when it comes to referral sources or traditional advertising. However, you, know, you can track your digital advertising this way 
and your digital advertising, if you're using your marketing plan the right way, is really um, it, 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 the traditional marketing helps drive your digital plan. If someone sees your billboard, sees your TV ad, that's going to help your search ads. So all of these things work together, but the digital ad is going to be digital ads and traffic are going to be a lot easier to track. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. So basically, from like if this is my website, so from a Google Analytics standpoint, it'll know they're on this page, they're reading here, they went to this page, whatever. The yes. DM though allows us to get information like they were on this page and then they went over. So they clicked on this Facebook link, they ran this ad, they typed this into Google, and whatever it is, it helps us know kind of both directions point where they before and after correct every ad placement whether that's organic or paid is going to be assigned its own utm code and that's going to allow you to break down in google analytics oh all of this traffic came from facebook or all of this traffic came from facebook ads or all of this traffic came from facebook ad version one and be able to kind of break down um you know where that traffic is coming from and and which of your your uh your your marketing tactics is working best, working the least, could use the most improvement. Because besides that, you're going to be able to see the bounce rate, how many pages per session those users went to. Um, if Facebook ads are having like a 90% bounce rate, meaning 90% of the traffic that came from Facebook left your website right away, you're probably going to want to check your targeting, your creative, your approach. Um, so it's going to give you a lot more than just how many people came there from the ad, but what those people are actually doing on your website. All right. So we wrote down our plan. We had our meeting. We've been executing our plan. We've been tracking our plan. So now it seems like the fifth is the editing our plan or knowing if our plan is working. Is that fair to be the next step? I would say, yeah, because you want to, like I said, you don't want this plan to be Bible. You want to be adjusting it as you go. If there's new paid tactics that come up, great. Uh, maybe conferences are awesome for what uh, for reaching your target audience. Um, new conferences always come up. Maybe you want to add those to the plan. Or maybe you have a great February and March, and in April you want to start increasing your advertising budget. Um, you'll want to make sure that's added to the plan. Make sure that everyone sees that, that it's up to date. Even if you use something like Microsoft Word or Google Docs, you can use like change or recording the changes so you can see where you made edits throughout the year. Um, but Google Doc will do that automatically for you. Um, but again, it's a good way to, when you're planning 2022, look back at what adjustments needed made throughout this past year and you can plan better accordingly for next year. So I think you, know, you focus on the successful execution, which I think is great, but I think that's easy. You know, if, if I'm spending, $2,000 on Google ads and I'm making $20,000 off of it, then let me put $3,000 in. I want to talk about adjustment in the opposite way. So if you have been executing the plan and you're not seeing the results, um, I think we probably need to talk about organic, paid, and personal stuff kind of separately here, right? Sure. Okay, so from a, so let's do ads, let's do paid ads last because I know that's going to be your biggest thing. So from a referral standpoint, from an internal marketing effort, any idea on the timeline that we need to wait to see whether or not that's working and what we need to change? This one is not going to have as much of a timeline because you can get so much more immediate feedback. You know the people that are going to be referring to you the most. And you should ask them directly and get that feedback on what's going to make it easier for them to refer you people um, and, and, and listen to what that feedback is and adjust. Because 
there's not many times in marketing that you're going to be able to ask individuals directly what should i change how can i make your life easier and referrals you can um, if you're finding that the people that you're networking with are not giving you the right referrals or they're not giving you enough referrals um, it's not about asking them for more it's about making their life easier to give you more and making those adjustments along the way is so much easier than any other tactic because you don't have to make any more adjustments other than your you know what you are doing versus you know trying to decipher if you're targeting the right people or if you're you know communicating the right message this is a lot more of what am i doing self-evaluating you know your processes in place for getting information from people who could be referral sources all right so for this one i think so we're talking about you know maybe give it three to six months be talking to people during and then see you know how it's working is that like a fair timeline yeah and, or you know if there's somebody that used to give you more referral sources you know it politely asking how that dried up you know what is there something that you know is there something that changed kind of evaluating that process um, if it is somebody that you want to be a referral source and you can't seem to get them to refer you anybody um, kind of evaluating what you're doing there. have you referred them anybody have you had any you know real conversations with them recently and connected with them um, do they know how to give you referral sources or who you are looking for and if it's that you have nobody that you know that could even possibly give you a referral you know that's when you start looking at what events you could be going to obviously with covid that's becoming harder and harder so you know what ways can you connect with people online what hashtags can you be following to get in the conversation what facebook groups or linkedin groups can you join to make discussions with people and schedule those virtual happy hours to make that connection which then puts you in you know that step four which was i knew this individual how do i get them to give me referrals which is really interesting because you know we talk about the ability to like hyper target ads to people but from the standpoint of what you would consider old school marketing, like the you know, connecting or old school networking, connecting with people, building relationships, it's harder to necessarily find the right people because you're reliant upon a smaller number of options. You're relying upon a smaller area of people. You're relying upon the ability to use to connect in person or Google Meet or you know whatever it is, as opposed to with ads where you might have you know a hundred thousand potential clients. We joked about this a lot before, but the auto booking links are golden for this. You know, the more that you're able to just shoot somebody a link and save that back and forth of scheduling a virtual happy hour, even if you use your CRM like Walmatics or you use a booking uh, system like Calendly or Acuity and you set up kind of that, you know, that auto booking where you it's pulling from your calendar, you're able to set an automatic Zoom or Google Meet link. And again, the biggest thing there is, you know, making that genuine connection, shooting them that link, putting the ball in their court, making sure that you follow up, making sure that you have a, a real good conversation and, and make sure that it's clear what you're looking for, the, the people that you can best serve and, and the way that people can best get that information. So, all right, so now I wanna transition into organic. So organic social media, uh, personal brand type stuff, you know, not not direct ads, but not like that one-on-one -on -one old school networking. What's the timeline on viewing success there? What's the timeline on viewing like working? Like how long do we need to give those sort of efforts? It's honestly a very similar process. Um, however, you have to be more patient on when it's working versus not working. Organic social media and organic search are both two very very long processes that you have to invest 
time in. Everyone knows time is money, but it is that investment that is needed to learn these platforms, to connect with people on these platforms. Um, these are social networks. People do not want to talk to bots. People do not want to just get spammed. They want to socialize. They want answers to their questions. They want to have discussions. The more Facebook groups you're in or LinkedIn groups you're in, or the more people that you're organically, you know, engaging with in comments or in, in groups, the more you're going to be able to have those discussions that are one-to-one -one and, and take your conversation off of online and bring it to, again, whether that is, let's schedule a time to, you know, connect for a virtual happy hour, or, you know, let's, let's uh, find a time to hop on a phone call. Um, again, it gives you also a lot more opportunities to nurture those leads. Somebody that might be considered a cold lead because they don't need your services right away. Maybe commenting back and forth on some photos is a good way to, you know, start that discussion up, make people, you know, more from with your personal brand, with your company brand and, and really humanize uh, interactions. Okay. So I'm with you on that. Then let's go to the last one, ads. So when it comes to paid for ads, so pay per click, Facebook ads, speaking uh, ads, which are still a thing, I swear. Um, how you know, those you obviously are, I think you're going to have a shorter timeline to review whether or not they're working because you're going to be throwing potentially thousands of dollars down on the drain if you're not doing them right. Yes, definitely. The thing is, though, you should hopefully have an ROI sooner, even if it's just covering the initial spend, um, because these should be revenue generating. Um, there are brand awareness ads that are a lot more for impress, a lot more to get the balls on your brand. Um, you need to make sure your expectations are tailored to not expect the same results from that as possibly retargeting or search that are a lot more intent-based bottom of the funnel. Um, however, you should be able to start seeing the results from this fairly quickly because all of these are using paid methods to drive traffic to your website. If you're using UTM codes the right way, you're gonna be able to analyze how those results are on your website. And it's gonna give you some real sense of this information. Um, I'll give you an example, display advertising, which are ads that you'll see just on run-of-the-mill websites as you're reading articles. Those are like billboards on the internet. They don't have, they, they don't have an extremely high click-through rate. They're a lot more for impressions. And the people that click through to them typically want to get back to the information you were looking at. So don't have a, a high rate on the actual page. They don't stay there very long. However, if your expectations are set for that, and you're getting the impressions that you're looking for. And when you retarget these people, you know, you're able to get them to stay on the page longer and read more information. Well, then it's working for you, but it may not have the KPIs you're looking for, but it's still working for you. But you should still be able to see that within a month or two. So you should be able to kind of judge these as you go. I'd say give any tactic 60 to 90 days to, to give you a real sense of things. Um, especially if you're not spending a ton of money and it's kind of stretched out if you're if you're spending fifty dollars on facebook ads over you know a month you're not going to get a good sense over you know what's working and what's not but if you're spending some significant dollars you know, a couple thousand dollars on any of these platforms within a first few weeks you're really going to have a good sense of what's happening and then you can kind of make a final judgment after you know 60 days 90 days or so so and this brings me to the point. So if, another point, if we are sitting here where we're trying to execute our plan and we're not seeing the results from it, either we're not generating enough leads, we're not generating the right leads, we're not 
closing them, we're not charging enough, whatever it is. How do we find out what part of the plan is lacking? This is where data is so, so, so important. Um, your CRM is going to tell you how your office is converting and where the holes are there. You need a good CRM in place. You need good processes in place to know when somebody submits a form on your website, when somebody calls your office, when somebody starts interacting with your office, how many of those people close. That's going to tell you one piece of the equation. The other piece of the equation is Google Analytics. That's going to tell you how people are interacting with your website. Are they all bouncing right away? Are they not knowing where to convert at? Are they? Are there even places to convert? Are there pages for them to read? Are they not reading anything? That's going to be another portion of the equation. And then the last is going to be the information that you're actually promoting. So your ads, your posts, how are those doing? Are those you know getting good click-throughs compared to the impressions that they're drawing? Um, the people that they're sending to landing pages, are they spending a decent amount of time there? So that's going to tell you whether your audience is doing well or the creative is doing well or not because um, those are two different things. The creative is, you know, again, the asset that you're promoting and how you're communicating it. And then the audience is going to be, of course, you know, who you're looking to reach. So if you're looking to reach the, if you're targeting the right audience with the right creative that's communicating the right message to them, driving them to a website or a landing page that communicates the right message and drives the point further home and it's easy to convert, you'll see that part in your CRM and be able to track how your staff is interacting with them until they become a full-on client. So it's interesting, you know, we always, there's so much of that push to talk about funnels, but ultimately I always think it's easier to look at it almost like a chain link. So we've got all these different links. We've got the ads on Facebook, we're going to a landing page, we're having them book a call, they're contacting the firm, they're doing the consultation, we're trying to close them. And it, it seems like as long as you track that, it's easier to see where the weak links are because if the data stops at that point, the weak link is either right there or right before it. A funnel's good for two purposes, really. A funnel's good for planning your product offerings, making sure that as somebody moves further and further as a client, you know, you're offering them, offering them the appropriate services at appropriate rate to get them to be the strongest client possible at the end. Not applicable for every industry, but it is applicable for a lot of them. The other way to use funnels is for planning content or advertising. And so we've talked about advertising tactics being at different points of the funnel, as well as you know content being at, uh, and information being at different points of the funnel. And those kind of work hand in hand. You know, awareness is about you know your actual brand. Consideration is about your services. Intent is about why you. And so if you pay attention to that part of the funnel, that's where it's applicable. But you're so right. When you're looking at your user experience or user journey, it really is a chain link. It's, it's less uh, vertical and more horizontal. It's more of you know your ads and your organic lead to your site, which leads to retargeting efforts at one end if nobody submits a form. Or if they do, now they're in your CRM and now your staff is trying to close them. You have your newsletters. You might have remarketing advertising. And again, it's more of a horizontal process to get them to the finish line. Um, and possibly not even to a finish line, but more to a back to the top of the chain link. Makes sense. So as we get to the end of this, I mean, is there anything else we need to make sure we cover? No, the biggest thing, again, we talk about this all the time with new clients coming in. They you know, are using this service for this, or this agency for this, or this freelancer for this. And, and I mean, they're using literally those three different in the same marketing plan. And if their plan is not fully flushed out, if people aren't communicating, 
it's going to go haywire. You're not going to get the the bang for your buck that you're paying for with any of these services or, or agencies or freelancers. And so it's really about making sure that from the start, when you get this launched, everyone's on the same plane. Everyone understands what the game plan is. And, and when you launch, you, you execute efficiently. You again, make adjustments along the way. And when you get to the end of next year, you're going to have a good sense of what to do the following year uh, and, and what you're going to want to try the following year. It's just interesting because I always I look at it like you're Frankensteining or I guess Frankenstein's monstering uh, a marketing plan back together. And in some respects, I mean, as long as you're pulling the data, it's easy to see like, oh, the hand's the problem or the shoulder or it's the head, you know, whatever. Whereas if you're not tracking that data, then you just don't know why it's not working the way you want it to. I'll tell you that the biggest, and I'll use that same example. Frankenstein's monster is actually the best result because at least all of the pieces and parts are stitched together. I don't know if you remember Adam's family, but they had the little hand that was walking by itself. That's like the worst case scenario. That means that one appendage is just kind of going rogue on its own. And so in, in this situation, you want to be Frankenstein. You don't want to be the little hand from Adam's family. <laughs> well, or, or you just want to be a whole person with, you know, committing to one specific company, one specific thing, one specific plan. That's the best way possible. And of course, call us for that. <laughs> I had to give it a little plug there. So with that, um, I mean, anything else? You know, what is no. no idea about the marketing plan? I mean, is that something you can help them with? Yeah, for sure. If you need help with a marketing plan, definitely give us a call. It's something that we offer. You know, we take a look at what you're doing. We go at we audit what you've previously been doing, uh, go over what those results were and the understanding of that, and, and again, transit that into a plan for moving forward. Um, and if you haven't been doing anything, it's, this is the perfect time to start. It's 2021, new year, new you. Uh, you're going to hit the gym, and you're going to call Legalese and get started on your marketing services. All right, and so one one final question here. So throwing yeah. out everything else we've talked about for like the last you know 40 minutes or so, what's that one piece of advice that you find the most important or what's that one newest craze coming up that you wanna make sure people are aware of? Honestly, and, and I wanna just really hammer this point home. It, it's really actually making a marketing plan. Um, I think there's a lot of times that with digital ads and Facebook ads and how easy it is to boost something, you lose track along the way of, of what you're signed up for, what you're looking to accomplish. Nothing works together. And the biggest thing that we're seeing across the board with people is, you know, they're, they're failing at their advertising efforts because these pieces aren't connecting. Um, their website isn't doing anything for them because these pieces aren't connecting. Um, they can't figure out a CRM or, you know, what they want their CRM to do because these pieces aren't connecting. And so the frustration that happens and, and the failed uh, dollars that go to waste um, if these pieces aren't connected uh, is really the biggest crucial thing to focus on when you kick off this year. It's super important because it will make or break your marketing plan, truly. Um, it's going to set your team, your vendors, anyone you work with up for success. Uh, if everything's on the same playing field and everyone's on the same game plan, it's, it's really that important. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jordan.